anyway, that was a big message was like, you're healing like generations back of this, which was that, especially in this relates right to the womanhood and being in, in our culture, um, that it was revered and honored and, and desired to literally cripple yourself <laughs> um, yes. by through foot binding to make yourself completely helpless and completely like small in a way <laughs> um, to like require the support of others. Like that was the way that you secured that for yourself to secure support and love. It was also a sign of wealth. So it was like only the wealthiest people did that, did the foot binding. So it's considered, you know, this like honor. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but again, that's also how you had abundance. That's how you were cared for, right? That's how you had resources too. Um, and just like how twisted, literally twisted <laughs> and distorted and crippling. It is, and crippling to, to, to also make us believe that like, oh no, you want this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jamie Shujun, host of Arriving Here. I am a deep practitioner, explorer, and student of life. I enjoy observing and studying all the different ways our lives shape who we are, what informs our behaviors and choices, and most importantly, uncovering the underlying thread that connects it all. I am a firm believer that while life is continually communicating with us in support of our continual involvement, it is up to us to not only be open to translate life's cues and nudges, but to have the courage and presence of mind to follow through with them. We have chosen to grace this heightened time of accelerated change on the planet with our presence because there is much to move through, grow from and accept both individually and collectively. In this podcast, I will be sharing inspiring stories of transformation, thought-provoking conversations, earth-shattering breakthroughs, as well as profoundly moving experiences that have touched me deeply. Through this word exchange, I hope to initiate and catalyze a different line of inquiry into your everyday as you deepen in your journey back to yourself, to one filled with trust, possibility and integrity. Here's to your arrival. Welcome home and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Happy post new moon in Pisces earlier this week. The weather here in Brisbane really reflects that these past few days, which has been such a relief. The skies have been grayer and the temperatures are slowly starting to drop ever so slightly as we journey towards autumn here in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm not sure about you, but there's such an air of completion and rebirth in the air. I know of and have been seeing quite a lot of cycles ending on many levels, which brings upon a range of emotions and feelings, but also on a deeper level, relief and even pockets of excitement for what's to come. I mean, astrologically speaking, we are a week away or two weeks away from Saturn moving into Pisces, Saturn changing signs. I think it's like the 7th or the 8th of March, depending on time zones. Um, and then the grand Pluto transition from Pluto in Capricorn to Pluto in Aquarius. So I have no doubt that that contributes to this collective energy that we're all feeling. Um, and, and I've also been sensing that much is coming to light where it's time to release that which has served its intended purpose. I've definitely experienced this strongly this past week. Um, on the weekend, I did a mini ritual releasing a seed pod filled with these heart-shaped seeds that I had found about five months ago into the ocean and really gifting thanks for all the past seeds sown that have materialized and flourished over the years. It was so special. The wind had lifted all the seeds out of the pod by the time the pod container reached the water and yeah it just moved me a lot to see the open pod floating 
off into the sunrise into the distance like a boat wide open to receive new seeds new opportunities and experiences and of course at the time I hadn't connected it with how beautifully the whole ceremony or ritual tied in with the Pisces energy being the final sign in the zodiac and ruled by the planet Neptune the god of the sea so you know of course I don't intentionally put two and two together only in hindsight that I'm like oh my god that was like the perfect thing to do at the perfect time before the new moon and and yeah Pisces energy is highly sensitive highly spiritual highly tapped into the emotional feel the psychic feel and the connection to the etheric and the unseen for the astro folks out there i have my moon in scorpio conjunct pluto in the 12th house and the 12th house is ruled by pisces and also in my 12th house is where my south node lies and we know that the south node relates with where we have spent multiple lifetimes mastering and so on top on top of that i also have my natal jupiter in pisces all that to say i'm pretty familiar with pisces energy and when i learned all of this maybe like four or five years ago it made all the sense in the world in helping me reconcile my relationship with strong intuition and sensitivity and so in honor of pisces season and to also harness this highly intuitive sensitive mutable energy that we're all swimming in right now i am excited to offer an akashic sale for the rest of the month of february so take 30 percent off akashic readings using the code completion at checkout capital letters c-o-m-p-l-e-t-i-o-n I'll leave the booking link below in the show notes together with the code so you don't have to write anything down or remember anything. And I really look forward to extending this offer to you to guide you back home to yourself and to yeah really harness this exciting time of change and transformation. Okay, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to touch briefly on Akashic readings. Oh my goodness, it's one of my most favorite offerings that I share with you. Why? First of all, because of how transformative it is. I am just continually astounded by the volume of information that comes through in a reading and having been a psychosomatic therapist for many many years the sometimes i read through readings and the information that comes through i'm like mind blown sometimes it can take you know three to five even maybe more sessions to move through what gets transmitted transmitted transmuted in a reading and when you make a booking you get invited to submit three to five questions and now how you word the questions is one of the main gateways of me tapping into the energies behind that and from the feedback that I get from clients like they get emotional release through it physical ailments start to shift and yeah I mean you know everyone obviously is going to have a different experience but if you are curious in any way go to the booking link and there's like background information there's frequently asked questions um, there's client testimonials and yeah if this piques your curiosity at all book in and really make use of the 30 percent off because that's that's a sizable chunk of percent of that 
that I want to offer um, anyone and everyone. And you're more than welcome to book in for, you know, as a gift for someone. Obviously, I'll need their consent prior to the reading. So just, you know, make the booking in either your name or their name and then email me, you know, separately to let me know. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to read for you, especially if this is your first reading. And from, again, from feedback from long-term, you know, mentoring and, and therapy clients who have also received reading, they're like, there's so much here. I, I, I think this is just something that I get once a year or, you know, even once every two years because of the sheer amount of information that they can revisit and digest and every single time because it's offered in a booklet for you including you know pre-reading rituals and post-reading integration and reflection um you really get a lot (laughs) it's like a whole year long workshop if you want to you know see it that way i um yeah clients have said you know this this there's so much here there is really so much here Um, It's not something that you read once and then move on. Obviously, you know, I trust you. I invite you to trust yourself and really encourage you to move with it and use it however you feel guided. But yeah, I mean, out of like all of my offerings and I love them all, I love mentoring sessions as well, you know, to, you know, unpack and get down and dirty and let's move through things. But if I had to choose my favorite, favorite offering, I may have already said this about five times. I love giving Akashic readings. I really, really do. So, so there you go. All right. Shall we get into today's episode? I am excited to share with you the second part of my conversation with Ruby Shang Nichols. The first part will be linked in the show notes. I think that was like a couple of episodes ago. We recorded this conversation last November in Scorpio season, right in the middle of two very powerful eclipses. And in re-listening to it now, prior to releasing this episode, I realized how aligned this part of our conversation is with the current energies that I've spoken about. Totally unplanned, of course, and don't you just love it? So we go deep into our motherline story, the intergenerational and cultural wounds and patterning. And there's also a really big overarching theme around completion and knowing when to leave situations against all odds. So strap in. I'm not going to give any spoilers here. Make yourself a cup of tea or set yourself up to go on a really nice long walk or, you know, hopefully in nature or long drive and enjoy part two of our deep dive. I will link part one, as I said, of our conversation in the show notes for those arriving here to this show for the first time. Enjoy. I'm curious more about is, you know, so where do you find yourself here in in that that journey of of expressing, of feeling, feeling emotions and and what's your relationship with your with the sensitivity now and I'm so curious I'm gonna just say the questions and we can come back to it later in terms of you know reconciling that relationship with your your own mom and with your own heritage and your own lineage you know through your grandmother's spirit um how has that shaped your own motherhood journey with your two beautiful boys Ooh, I know, big questions. Deep, juicy questions. <laughs> um, well, okay, so first, where am I at in that journey? And yeah, it's a good question. Like, kind of also, where have I netted out with my relationship with my mother? I mean, and all of that, I have to say, thank God, I'm I'm so grateful that I chose to walk this path that I did this work, because I can see the results of like, how much we have healed um between me and my mother even like like I said it was a rough like few years I'd say at least two years there to three years were were rough it was like every time we saw each other I could not it would we couldn't not have like a big blowout like it would end in like a big blowout fight 
And it was for me years and years and years of like buried stuff that came up. Wow. And I'm sure she was like, where is all this coming from? <laughs> Poor thing. But I did get to a point, you know, I think there was a big turning point for me back in, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. I just, I really remember one conversation I had with her um, that really stuck out to me. I got really emotional. I felt so deeply about it. And it was like, it was actually talking to her about her relationship with my dad and how they communicate or miscommunicate with each other a lot. It's a lot of bickering and just like, just nitpicking sort of, yeah, just like arguing and the, and I, I think I, I witnessed a, I witnessed a couple of moments where like, it, I felt like there had, there's been such a breakdown in their communication that it got to the point of like him saying some like very hurtful things towards her. Like, and I witnessed it. It happened when I was there and it cut me so deeply. Like I get, I can't even like talk about it without getting emotional. I just, to hear, you know, your mother, it's your mother, like to hear him say certain things that were so hurtful and I had a conversation with her and it was a really hard one to have. I remember it took a lot for me to like voice these things to her and just say, because yeah, I just, I think I just saw her like take it, you know? And to me, this speaks to like a long lineage history of like this stuff. Like, I think that's why I felt it so deeply. You know, I was like, it really hurt me to just see her just like sit and like, just take that. And, um, and I had a conversation with her about it. And I remember crying. I got really emotional. And I think I said, like, I remember telling her, like, I I know that this is like your dynamic and like your style of communicating, but I really feel like the only thing that would like get through to dad is if you were actually vulnerable with him. Because what happens is like they both get in a defensive attack mode. And then they just like yell and attack each other. And like, all he ever sees is her angry. It's like, she's angry, rightfully so, you know, <laughs> but when you're like that, it's like, then they're just also going to be like constantly in defense mode and whatever. And I was like, I think he actually needs to know like how hurtful that is. It's because it's like, he does, it's like, it's not registering because you can't even show that, that it hurts you, that that's painful. <laughs> That, that hurts. And I'm like, there's no way that that's not painful. I was like, who hears those words? And like from their own husband and like, isn't pained by that, you know? And so it's like, I could feel how much like deep seated pain there is. And I know she just like buries it, you know, like in our culture, we just like stuff it down, stuff it down, like put on your safe face and like put on your happy face and whatever. And I also know him and I'm like, he actually has a good heart. And I know that like, if he just saw, if he knew how much he was hurting you, like that's the only thing that's going to get through. So it's like, we got to a point where I could have conversations like that with her, but I never to that depth would have been able to have with her. And yeah, it's like, for now, I will say for the most part, like we're, we're in a good place, you know, like I've, <laughs> I think I worked through a lot of that anger and, and I've found a way to like communicate, to actually communicate with her. And I think when I had that conversation with her, because I was also vulnerable, <laughs> she, it got through. Like, I think there were things that I had been trying to tell her like over and over and over again, including the whole sensitivity thing. I try, I, I sat down and was proud of myself for having a calm, <laughs> collected conversation with her about all of that and why it was hurtful to me and why. And, and I think I did try multiple times and like, kind of got through, kind of didn't really get through. But I will say by the time I had like that conversation, and then talked to her again about those other things, like, I it got through, like, I I just knew it, I was like, she finally understands some and I it, it's not even the ultimate goal, I guess, to like, to like convince her or change her per se. Um, but I feel like at the very least, we all just want to be like, on some level seen or understood or like heard. <laughs> right? Um, even yeah. if she doesn't fully get it and may never will, um, just to feel seen and heard on some level was like really healing for us. Um, yeah. And then, you know, quickly, I guess how that translates, of course, it's going to translate into like how I try to mother. It's hard. I will say <laughs> it's really hard. It's like 
you know, we think, and I think I'm definitely doing better. I try to honor, you know, it is very important to me to honor like my oldest, especially my oldest, um, bless him. is like almost nine. This, this boy who just like the most empathic, sensitive, like, I mean, people see him and he's just, he's such a softy and so loving. And I'm always like, thank goodness you have us as parents. And because, <laughs> because I, I really try to like honor that, you know, I, my biggest hope is that especially as a man growing up, like, I hope he keeps all of those traits. I hope it never, you know, I hope he never gets to a point in school or in wherever where like, he feels like, oh, that's a part of myself I need to hide, you know, um, because the world needs much more men <laughs> like that. And so, yeah, I just, I try to be really mindful, but that said, like, it's never perfect. <laughs> I have many moments where I'm like, am I an evolved person who's been on a deep healing journey? Because I'm really not acting like it right now, <laughs> you know, cause we all lose our patience and things But I still think, yeah, overall, like it's still, I have to remind myself that it's still in many ways, like miles ahead of what I, what was available to me, you yeah. know? It's it, yeah. You, you're giving him a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, so beautiful. I'm, I'm curious, you know, when, when, when you move through the first two years, cause I can also see the, the, the mirroring from, you know, like you said, the first two years, you, you didn't show that you were struggling and it's the same yeah. pattern with your mom and your dad of mm -hmm. like, just taking the hit, you know, just yeah. being the punching bag, being the sponge to like, you know, to resign to no, this is what, this is what being a wife is. This is yeah. what being a woman is. This is what being a responsible adult is. I can't show weakness. I can't show vulnerability because the minute I do that, I'm putting myself at risk. And that's yeah. such a, um, you know, it's such a deep-seated pattern, I feel, not not just within our culture, but also within, you know, within the, I want to even say like within this industry, within the, the profession of, you know, only... I mean, you know, like, look at, let's, let's just like, look, look at the Instagram, the highlight real life, you know, living my yeah, best life. I mean, I, yeah. And, I was yeah. going to say within this, a lot of the patriarchal systems too, basically it's, it's, it's everywhere. And the one thing I didn't share, which like kind of breaks my heart, but like speaks to exactly what you're saying is when I had that conversation with her and I told her that like, she would just need to be open and vulnerable with him. She literally said, I can't. And it broke my heart. She was just like, I know. She was like, yeah, I know, but I can't. I just can't. <laughs> like, she could not bring herself to do that. And, it, like, it kind of breaks my heart that I'm like, you can't even do that, like, with your own husband, you know? Like, she feels like she can't for whatever reason, for all the all the reasons, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That it, like, no, builds up. No, I totally, totally feel that. And And, you know, I think when the – first year of my mentorship I was worried about going back to 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 have dinner with my parents on the weekend and my mentor said to me you know and she's like what are you what are you worried about and I said oh, I was worried about getting the criticism getting told I wasn't doing the right thing you know of course as children we want we we want validation you know we are human beings yeah. too just because yeah. we have this you know we're a practitioner of sorts um and and we are expressing our gifts maybe a little more uh, intuitive sense and sensitive gifts more than your average Joe on the street. Um, but we are also humans, you know, it's important for us yeah. to to feel accepted and validated. Yes, of course, there's the other, you know, far right, left movement, whatever it is of like, no, you need to be self-sufficient and, you know, you got to right. do it all by yourself and you can't seek external validation. It's like, yeah, but, but, but it's such, you know, it's, we can't just give these blanket things, right? Because yeah. it's the same yeah. blanket thing as do not show your emotions. It's not safe to do this. You should, this is your role now. You've signed up for this. So therefore you need to take it. Um, yeah. And, but, but where am I going now? I think I went on a tangent and I don't know how to come back. Um, okay. What was I talking about? Uh, well, okay. Well, we started with saying my mom, how she was saying she couldn't. Yes. Um, be vulnerable. Oh, um. I think I was saying something about, <laughs> I do this all the time. I like fly away and I'm like, oh dear. No, me too. I go and I like, I've let go of the balloon. It's gone now. I know. Um, like I've talked. Um, uh, something. Oh yes. And my mentor said to me, 
this is your opportunity to tell her what you're saying is not kind towards me. Yeah. And and I was like, I can't do that. I cannot do that. I don't know how to do that. I won't do that, you know? And it was like a, a complete shutdown, like, no, I will not show it's you how much, how safe. hurtful, how hurtful mm-hmm. your hard. words are. So it hard. hard. It is hard. And I, and I think back now too, when I was a kid, that used to be my defense, my instant default defense, defense mechanism too, was like, even after I got punched in the face one time on purpose, what <laughs> I blinked. Yeah. It's another funny story for another time, but <laughs> I was, yeah, I, bl- I got a black eye. I like blinked. It hurt like hell, of course. And I remember like choking back tears and I was just like, that didn't hurt. <laughs> Like my defense mechanism all the time for everything was like, I can't show feelings because if I do, then it obviously, then I'm showing them that they have the ability to hurt me. And I can't, like, I just, you know, it's like, that's how I'm strong. Right. It's like, you can't hurt me. You don't have the capacity, the ability to hurt me. Cause I just, I can't be, I won't be hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, exhausting. I, it is. It's, it's so exhausting and it, 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 it takes so much strength to, to, to uphold those barriers. Yeah. Not always the good kind, you know, it's, <laughs> it's no, ab- absolutely not. And I remember like growing up for me, it was, how is your day? How is school? And I would always say, okay. And fine to keep mm-hmm. up the facade that I was actually really struggling, mm-hmm. really struggling. But it was like, don't, don't go there. Don't go oh, there. Yeah. Don't go yeah. there. It's like Asian people always have that joke, you know, about like, it's like, you know, it's really bad when like the other person, like they will say nothing. <laughs> like if they have no response, no reaction, no words, then like that's when, you know, it's really bad. <laughs> what do you think, what in your experience, what do you think you were afraid of? Hmm. What do you mean? Just like a general, like in general, what am I afraid of? Um, well, like, like, you know, in, in, in upholding when we, when we were Mm -hmm. used to unconsciously uphold this, like, no, everything's fine. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's the, what's the fear that we're protecting? Um, I think for me, I didn't believe I could be loved unless I was this perfect, strong, just, and that was included in the perfect, in the perfection was like this strong held together. (laughs) She can keep it together like person. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I didn't think I would be loved, honestly. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big one for me. I was afraid of getting punished. Mm, really? Were you you were punished a lot? Oh yes, hit just punished. Like, oh, God. Yes, like for nothing, probably right for just anything, nothing. Oh, you know, a punching bag. Oh, God, so yeah. sad. Yeah, no, I was I was so afraid of doing the wrong thing. And so I appeared to look all right and do it all right. Yeah. And and again, yeah, it's that again that upholding that facade. And you know, from one angle, it's like, wow, how egoic is that to, you know, keep this polished image? But also it's like, no, that's not the intention. The intention right. is protection. That is such a I think that's such a good point, is that so much of that comes from wounding. And even like, even just looking out in the world, right. Of like the whole Instagram thing that I know we all criticize, but it's not just, it's a good point that it's not just coming from an ego, egoic place. I think it's mostly, (laughs) it's mostly the wounding because it's like, well, I'm not going to be loved or accepted, or I'm going to be unsafe. I'm going to be punished for, you know, all these things. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, we don't think we'll be safe in some way or taken care of in some way yeah if we're not that (laughs) yeah and like not being accepted again back to that what we share about it's like oh you know what if we're not accepted anymore and and this Mm -hmm. is that's this is kind of the the lesson i've been initiated into with this podcast of of being fearful of saying the wrong thing of you know what if what if i ruin my reputation and i'm just like what reputation who cares who cares yeah I know, but it's, it's hard. It's like, it takes a lot to get to that point, you know, too, where you can let it go a little bit. I think it's always, 
you know, it's always going to be there a little bit, <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, bravo. That's amazing. I was like, what about, what about you? I don't know if you've like already shared your story on here much, but like, you know. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of what I've shared so far is like my journey in the last two years, which I think I've shared with you a little bit just mm -hmm. around like, you know, I'm distancing intentionally distancing myself any f from rigidity from the rules from yes. from that's leaning on external big... external frameworks and systems etc so that's really all I've a lot of what I've shared but um which which part would you like to hear <laughs> ah, I mean just a part you haven't shared <laughs> part that I haven't movie. shared yeah. Yeah. um I think okay let's Let's go into my my mother, my mother, like how that has passed. That that was such a big passed down um, yeah. pattern within my mother line. So mm -hmm. on my thirtieth birthday, so I started my um, shamanic mentorship just before I turned thirty. I think I met my mentor when I was 20, 29. Mm -hmm. So my first year with right her. Sorry? Right on time. Right on time, like, exactly. Right on return stuff, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, um, so, and then I turned 30 on like the first month of an 18 month or the second month of an 18 month journey, mm -hmm. um, or at least the 18 month um, mentorship with her as a mentee. And for my 30th birthday, my parents said, oh, you know, what do you want for your 30th birthday? And I said, I want to know a family history. Wow. And so we went to Yamcha. I'm, I can't remember whether my brother was there or not, but it was definitely mum and dad. And I said, tell me everything. Wow. And it just, it made, it gave me so much understanding. So yeah. great. So my mom's grandma, so great grandma on my mom's side, um, in China, once again, I don't quite know the specific loca location. I think I think sh I should know this, and I have been told that, but I can't remember whether it's like mm -hmm. Guangzhou or some other part of China. And she was married, and this was prior to China's one-child policy. So mm -hmm. she had a son and a daughter, and the um her husband was you know was wasn't safe to be with again i can't remember the specific details but she basically went no um men can't be trusted and she left her son and her husband took the daughter and fled to singapore Holy so if crap. we trace back like my great grandmother maybe this is like late 1800s early 1900s at the time, and even today, like, you know, men are more revered, sons are more revered, you know, in the cult within the culture, but she just went, men are not to be trusted, men are bastards. So she le she left her husband and left her son. And can you imagine the the pain as a mother to to do that too? But also the courage that it took to 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 walk away from that to say, no, I'm going to choose something better and I'm going to take my daughter. And we're going to find another way. Wow. And back in the day, I don't even know how she found her way, but she made her way to Singapore. Wow. And, and hearing that story of that separation was, mm -hmm. was like, it was like, oh, now I know where that courage to run came from mm -hmm. because I too ran away from home when I was, mm -hmm. when I was 19. And this is something that I've never shared publicly I don't think ever um yeah no I was in a big fight um you know things lots of things were happening within the family and 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 it's played out within my even my mom and dad's relationship mm -hmm. so my mom got well first of all I got sent to Australia without being consulted you told me that yes was I was just like okay you're going my head around that's traumatic. Um, well, it was it was my 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 ticket to freedom. I was so excited. 
um, I know that my my existence that that's why I could um, you know I, I asked that question about your son being the initiator of of so much because I know that I was the initiator for my mm-hmm. family for my dad to to choose differently because quote unquote I was wasn't doing well at school and I wasn't going to be successful because I didn't have the straight A's and blah 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 yeah. um, and so he found and he wanted to find another way um, and I'm the fir- I'm his firstborn I'm his I'm his daughter. Um, and so, yeah, I got sent here first. So there's already that separation of like, you know, away from the family. And, and you know, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad or anything. I enjoyed that, really enjoyed that first year living with my, um, my dad's brother's family. And that was, he gave me a new perspective of like, oh, this is what uh, back then, this is what a normal, fa- normal family feels like. Where, where, like my, I can safely express, and I'm loved, wow. and I'm hugged, and and yes, you know, such a blessing. There's a this is what togetherness feel like because my whole life and upbringing, I was so afraid of doing the wrong thing, and so afraid of getting slammed and hit, and all of that punished. I was so afraid of getting punished, and so I just kind of withdrew and 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 kept everything inside despite being so sensitive and picking up on everybody's everything else um but but yeah so it it was such a it was such an expansive year for me and and then I could also look back after that first year my mom and my brother were next to come over. And so in many ways, there was that separation again. My mom was separated from her home country, from her comfort zone to come to Australia. And it was a massive challenge for her, massive challenge for her because she was so well taken care of in, in Singapore. We had a maid. We I, I think I've, I've always had a, a lived-in servant, maid, um, helper since I was two years old. Um, and so mom just you know she just worked in corporate her whole life and so she didn't have to wash she didn't have to do any housework whatsoever so in many ways that that in that part of womanhood never really got you know cracked open for her but coming to Australia she didn't have a driving license and you you need to have a driving license in Australia yeah Whereas yeah, in Singapore, and- a train comes every six minutes and there's like 5 million yeah. buses. And, you know, there was just everything was so efficient and automated. Now. And come to Australia, it's like, well, you have this big house now and you have this massive garden and you need to learn how to cook. Again, right. mum never had to had to cook because, yeah. you know, my grandma's a cook, um, my dad's a cook. We've always had help in the house cooking. And like, so first it- of all, all this sounds like a dream to me. <laughs> Sorry. Like, oh, my God, that's my I said, all of this sounds like a dream to me. That's like my dream life is to not do, I'm not very domestic at all, but that's a whole nother thing. But um, just um, really quickly, how old was your brother when they came? My brother, he's, I came here when I was 16 and a half. So I would have been 17. He was 10. Oh, so he's, oh, much younger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm seven years older. Um, and, and yeah, that was really, really difficult for mom. Really difficult. I'm she, sure. she, she really yeah. was challenged and, and I'm like trying to spread my wings, going to university and find independence and, and all of that. And I became right. the scapegoat for, you know, all the blame was put on me. It was my fault that we're in Australia. And I was like, oh, wow. excuse me. Yeah. You're like, I wasn't consulted when this decision was made at all. <laughs> and it's somehow my fault that that you've you've chosen this and and so that was wow. you know it made it it made it hell for me and mm-hmm. and yeah things got really really bad and um dad tried to hit me and and thankfully at the time I was 19 so considered an adult in Australia I already have my Australian citizenship and so mm-hmm. yeah I called the cops and said wow. this is I, I don't feel safe. Can you escort me out of my house? Wow. And once again, like, you know, how many cultural barriers did I break right there? Mm-hmm. And how many cultural barriers is getting broken right now because I'm speaking openly about it? Yeah. I not know. not as a as a as a shame or a criticism or a judgment or a poor me or a victim story, but it's just like, well, these are facts. This is what happened. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, but that was again, like that ticket, you know, that this is not safe. I'm getting myself out of here. And that is, mm-hmm. and I could see the story of how that has been passed down through the family constellation of the family oh, unit wow. and, and relationship with men never being safe. And so we're always mm-hmm. looking for the exit. Wow. But then wow. at the same time, that is the thing that has been the biggest blessing. I've got, I know I have great grandma's courage and warriorship and, you know, all of that. Wow. Um, to know when things are no longer right, you leave. Yes. Could have been more cohesive and harmonious. Absolutely. <clears throat> At the same time, you had to do. <laughs> it is what we, we've just got to do what we've got to do. And, 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 and yeah. And, you know, back then I didn't know how to trust my intuition was very disconnected from my body, very disconnected to feeling disconnected to everything. You know, it was just like, I think I, my first year of uni, my entire diet was like gummy bears, snakes and I coffee. I know. <laughs> so it wasn't very healthy <laughs> at all. And I barely yeah. slept a lot at all. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm such a night owl. So I would go to uni to escape the house all yeah. day and work through the night because it was the only time I could think and could, you know, feel peace. So I would wake up every morning at two, two twelve. I remember two ten or two twelve. I was like, it became some kind of routine every morning at two twelve a.m. I would wake up. I would work. Weird. I would work till um, sunrise, and then I'd go back to sleep for a couple of hours. Go to uni, and then we would just repeat that cycle. <laughs> so yes, I was nowhere near like healthy at all, um, physically, yeah. hormonally. You know, even with uh, circadian rhythm, rhythm, all of that, yeah. but. But yeah, it's like knowing when it, it when it's not safe, get out of here. Yeah, and having yeah. that inbuilt mechanism. Mm-hmm. But to tie up this long-winded story again, it's mm-hmm. it's like knowing that isn't just my wrongdoing because, of course, I was judged for it. You know, how could you be so naughty? How could you do this to your parents? You know, blood is always thicker than water. Etc. 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 Right. All yeah. of these, you know, very well-intentioned, passed-down mm-hmm. practices and traditions. They also, they also have limitations, because I'm like, yeah. if I said blood was thick, thicker than water, then what? I would just stay there and and become another punching bag. It's so interesting you say that because that exact theme just came up with someone else in a conversation maybe a week ago. And it really stuck with me because she was saying the same thing where like she grew up with narcissistic, abusive parents. And um, I was speaking about this like feminine uprising and this like awakening that I feel is happening with sort of the dark feminine and like relating it to like Kali, like the destroyer and how women like the feminine energy is equally a destroyer as much as she is a creator. Um, just like mother nature, it's the same energy, right? Of like, but it's destruction for balance and for a greater good (laughs) of all. It's like, it's knowing when something needs to be destroyed, right? In order for this larger preservation and and to restore larger balance and harmony. And that's like a very feminine (laughs) thing. And this whole side of us that just get, has been like suppressed and squashed down as like bad and like, dark and whatever but um she said that it really struck a chord with her because she was thinking of it in terms of like almost like how she had to be a destroyer and blow up her her own like family Mm. (laughs) her family unit because same thing for self-preservation or you know in order to just survive like and it does go against like you said all of those things that everybody tells you like well blood is thicker than water and like that's your own bloodline and you should just so then what like you're just supposed to what take it like just keep taking abuse or keep like staying somewhere that's like in a situation that's literally killing you in in many ways you know um so yeah it just it reminded me of that and it's so brave it's so i mean the courage that it takes to do that you're right is like that's in your blood too, right? Like, 
Yeah. I mean, the courage and like, um, yeah, everything like that's, that's incredible. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. No. And, and, you know, for, for, for the listeners or whoever's ears this, this gets into, um, you know, I want to also, I guess, preface or, or, or say that sometimes, you know, that was a massive, like it's a, it's a lot of drama. The, the bottom line of it, it's a lot, it's so dramatic and it's so in some ways like over the top and it was what it needed to be. But, mm-hmm. but knowing that is a superpower that can also be, you know, the biggest challenge and the biggest lesson to outgrow off because I, I know that I have, yeah, I have like great awareness of the, the power of destruction of you know burning everything to the ground i mean we're in scorpio season i have massive yeah. amounts of scorpio in my chart um oh, wow. we're in the middle of eclipse <laughs> recording this um yes. and i mean of course where where at where else will we do this all the time <laughs> now exactly there's no time like now but but you know to there there is a there is a different way and i'm 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 like devoted to to and committed to to finding a different way to to be able to and speaking of sensitivity it's like being able to have that sensitive higher awareness within ourselves to to know when things start to shift and and not wait until boiling point to yeah. go well this is uncomfortable and be able to to make the change from that perspective you know, at, at an earlier time, it's, it's the same, right. It's like, you know, when we talk about like healing and, 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 and different modalities, well, the, the laws of healing really is like some, uh, a a discord and an incongruence Mm -hmm. impacts our energetic body, our etheric body first before it gets right down into our bones and, and, you know, causes some kind of physical ailment, and I know some things are predestined and it, you know, come pre-birth. I absolutely honor that. But when we get that quote unquote mosquito bite, pay attention. When we get when we not not to be a hypochondriacs or anything, but when when we do get the tap on the shoulder of like, oh, that didn't right. sit right with me, pay attention to uh, that. Pay attention mm-hmm. to that and trust it rather than doubt yourself going, oh, no, it's just me. I'm paranoid. Oh, no, it's just me. I'm insecure. Yeah. Oh, no, you know, to be able to listen to these nudges and these messages and this mm-hmm. these discomfort and and to be, be aware of that and investigate that and sit with that, you know, speak to someone, you know, trusted a friend, a family member or, you know, a, a mentor or a guide to, to um, in, yeah, to investigate and dive deeper around that before it 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 fully attacks you (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely it's a thing that I think we have to learn and sort of train ourselves to do because we're definitely I think sadly we're taught to just keep dismissing keep not trusting (laughs) those little things like oh you're being overly whatever you're being you know um yeah yeah um I think that's such an important point to actually listen to those little nudges, you know. Yeah. What would your guidance be or advice for someone who's just starting and don't quite and feeling a little lost when it comes to trusting these these guidance and and you know from what you've shared and from what you've you've observed and learned through your own experience? Mm, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. I feel like, so I don't know, the first thing that's coming to mind, and, and I feel like this has come through maybe a couple times, like in people's records when I'm reading for them, is almost to like, just just to like lighten things a little bit or sort of take the pressure off sometimes because we get so like stuck um, in our heads there, you know, they were kind of saying like almost approaching it as like an experiment or like a game even of like that you can kind of play with yourself of like, try it, like, just like, try it out. <laughs> it's almost like, try just try this for a change, because it's a different approach, right? So like, instead of always just like immediately dismissing, like those little, those little hits and those little nudges, it's like, what if, what if you for a few days, or for like a week, like actually listened 
to all of those. Like, like just pretend that every one of those little hits you get are actually true, <laughs> you know, and that you're right. And like, act as if, right. And like, try, it's almost like try that on for size or try it for a change. Because I do think that that maybe is the most effective way to like, even in the smallest ways or like to, to kind of just give it a try and like do something different, right. <laughs> than from what you normally would do. And then what happens is you start to build evidence for yourself, you know, like through doing that each time that you do follow it and it actually like did work out or it actually it's like oh I actually maybe was like onto something there or right about something like you're slowly building the case <laughs> for yourself um that like yeah that maybe you actually these nudges are something more than you know some something to just be ignored or dismissed um and also just see how like it impacts your life like how your life might change just from listening to those little nudges it can look very different um, yeah. Yeah. That's such such great advice and 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 I'll build on that. Yeah, please. On and and to, you know, let's say if you, you know, it's like pancakes for breakfast. And then there might be, you know, you might have an opinion about that. No, I shouldn't have pancakes for breakfast because of X, Y, Z. But it's like, no, pancakes for breakfast. Like go and do the pancakes for breakfast, go out and buy the ingredients and do whatever. Yeah. And and to then check in like you might write down in your notebook you know saturday yeah. whatever 9 a.m pancakes for breakfast i had pancakes for breakfast and then right. tune in with how your body feels when you mm -hmm. do follow yeah. these messages and these intuitive guidance that that just comes through you just wake up and it's like pancakes for breakfast today it's like oh okay pancakes <laughs> for breakfast okay let's go have pancakes for breakfast yeah. let's make pancakes for breakfast what ingredients do i need and and yeah to tune in with that and and i think that's the greatest teacher and teaching you know in trusting what comes through before yeah. the before our analytical critical mind comes in and goes but you shouldn't do this but what about this and this and this and this and obviously if you know you're on a healthcare plan for whatever reason then please you know make your own discernment here right. maybe you can't have <laughs> I was gonna say, breakfast I, I was like I I personally love that example but <laughs> yeah I mean it's simple like most people like yeah. you know it's a pretty universal kind of experience um yeah. Yeah, and to tune in with the body and to see like how how much you enjoyed it, because I feel yeah. like in, on this you know journey of self development and self help and healing yes. and therapy and all of that, we get lost in needing and searching for, and then we then attract all of these rules. Yes, I know and all of these rules. Goes back, those goes goes back to the same theme of rigidity rigidity that's so much in your life too that yes is a big gripe that I've had with um <laughs> with cultural things as well like I really struggle with it because it has felt stifling in so many ways because of the rules and the rigidity and anyway yeah that yeah applies here too. <laughs> yeah absolutely that you know they do have a time and place but mm -hmm. to know that they are not for life and yes. I've said this so many times and I'll continue repeating this till the day I die it's, you know, you've broken your foot, please go and get a moon boot, please use a wheelchair, please use crutches. You know, yeah. if you have an injury, we all have injuries of different sorts. Let's mm -hmm. let's let's get the most out of a moon boot. But yeah. we don't live in a moon boot for the 70 rest, you know, 70 years. We might do it for six months or a year or however long you need it. Everyone's going to be different. But eventually our life is not to rely on that. It's oh. Such a good metaphor. Yeah, like, I love that analogy. Yeah, and it's so, so interesting because it came up um, in session with a client, <laughs> and I've like so held good. onto it ever since. I was like, "That's the best analogy I've ever came up." Yes, yes, it really is because it's this whole point of like, yeah, sometimes you do need that when you're recovering, when you're getting like stuff, you know, your shit together, or when you're like learning a new way, and you need that kind of structure um, to hold you. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like don't hold too, too tight, too fast to, you know, it's like, then it becomes, you know, then you get, get crippled by it. <laughs> exactly. If you continue walking with a moon boot for the next 70 years, I, I don't know what's going to happen to your foot. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it, it creates, that's what creates dogma. 
that's what creates a glass ceiling for our growth when we yeah. when we when we then see it as a when we become a fundamentalist in our relationship with the tool with the modality with the moon boot with the crutches you know whatever your thing is um, with yeah. the rehab center you know and 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 to to realize that there is so much more we have greater potential to create yeah. to use yeah. our own stories and to use our history to use our own challenges and use our own um celebrations and our own wins to to move forwards in our life however that may may um translate into it's going to be different some some might be parenthood some might be through business some might be through i don't know way <laughs> so many different ways like be part of the government go be the president i don't know yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah but I it's like that. don't don't get lost in that it needs to be this way. It needs to look like this, that perfectionist, you know, it's, it, it, it all ties in with, I feel like it's kind of like part of the overarching theme of everything that we've spoken about today. Do you feel so? Yeah, no, I absolutely do. hundred um, percent. I was going to say, I know we're getting close to time, but I, uh, I keep getting the strong nudge to talk about this or mention it. And mm. it's like, I don't know if it's my ancestors, my guides are like, they keep saying like, just mention it. And maybe this goes like more with the earlier part of our conversation. So yeah. maybe it can get edited later, but no, no, in a way it's, it's funny. Cause when you talked about, like, we're talking about the moon boot and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, it is kind of tangential to that. <laughs> um, but the whole thing that I forgot to mention was how in that first Akashic reading too, the one of the, or, oh, you know what? It wasn't in the first one, but it was in a significant one reading that I had was like, I was working through a lot, a lot of deep ancestral healing um, for the first time, I think. And the thing that came up, which we talked about in our last conversation was the foot binding. Um, and they, I keep getting reminded to at least mention it for whatever reason, I guess it's important. Oh, um, wow. I see the connection now. Yeah. I know go, you're talking go. about. And it's funny because it was in my head the whole time. And then as you were talking about the moon boot, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of like <laughs> similar, but um. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a big message was like, you're healing like generations back of this, which was that, especially in this relates right to the womanhood and being in, in our culture, um, that it was revered and honored and, and desired to literally cripple yourself <laughs> um, yes. by through foot binding to make yourself completely helpless and completely like small in a way. <laughs> um to like require the support of others. Like that was the way that you secured that for yourself to secure support and love. It was also a sign of wealth. So it was like only the wealthiest people did that, did the foot binding. So it's considered, you know, this like honor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but again, that's also how you had abundance. That's how you were cared for, right? That's how you had resources too. Um, and just like how twisted, literally twisted, <laughs> and distorted and crippling. and crippling to, to, to also make us believe that like, Oh no, you want this, <laughs> right? Like, yes. no, that's, you should want this. You should want to be crippled. And in so much pain, not can't even get into, can't even get into the amount of how horrendously horrifically painful that must've been um, yeah. to literally just deform yourself in that way, you know, and then to have to try to walk on ugh. anyway. <laughs> um, they were saying that that was a big part of my wounding too, was like feeling like I had to shrink myself, be helpless, be small, you know, be sort of have this image of like being crippled and needing help in a way to, to be loved and to be cared for. And yeah. so that made me feel like, oh, to be powerful, to be self, whatever is yeah. like, is wrong, is not desirable. I won't, no one will ever love me no one will ever care for me. And my mom did definitely make comments growing up of like, you're not going to find a man who like, <laughs> you can't be more successful than him. You can't be more ambitious than him. Like you're not going to find, it's just harder. You're making it harder for yourself to find love, you know, to find yeah. a husband. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, it, 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 the word status comes in to my mind as you say that yeah. it was a sign. It was, it put up a facade of status Yes, yes. Through external yeah. appearances and this day and age in Singapore, it could have I probably say like, you know, it's the it's the the car and the apartment and the million dollar this, that, the other handbag, you know, that that's yes. that's what it is today. Um but but back in the day, 
through our lineage. It was through the foot binding. Yeah. And and you you earn status through destruction, through through not taking up space. That was the yeah. way you took up space was to not have space. Like what? Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is like so distorted, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's hard to wrap your head around. It's insane. Um, I, I yeah, it's it's yeah, I've never never really reckoned with that, but that's exactly it, you know, to be able to walk this earth. Oh, I, I can talk so much about that and, and and how that relates to my own like physical thing, but that's Oh yeah, because you talked last time about how that literally takes away that your whole like ability to literally connect with the earth, like, right? Because your feet are not literally not really touching the ground. Like you can't really ground or earth. <laughs> Um, which is our deepest, that's like such a big part of our connection to our spirit, to our intuition, to the earth, to like everything, to the universe. And it yeah. took that away. Yeah, exactly. And that was the the first, I guess, the the precursor to my healing. I started seeing a chiropractor upon um, upon recommendation by a friend at the time because Anytime I walked on, you know, I went for a hike, my knees would swell. There was so much inflammation. Um, wow. This was like before I started yoga, before I was really aware of anything. My diet was probably not great. It was very inflammatory in terms of like lots of chili, lots of onion, lots of garlic, rich food. You know, I'm, I am Singaporean yeah. Chinese. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and that was the only mode of of diet I knew, But but I didn't realize how much of that was my fear of planting my feet down. Oh. And wow. and I went on a massive hike on the eclipse <clears throat> in January 2020. I think that was when um that it was a full moon in pretty sure it was a full moon in Capricorn. Or the eclipse was in uh-huh. was passing through, I think it was like conjunct Pluto in it was conjunct Pluto in, in hitting my Mars in Capricorn. Anyhow details yeah. aside um i i climbed i started climbing this like basically like vertical mountain at midnight what? with with two very experienced um climbers and i i had all these fears of like i i don't know if my legs are going to lock up because when my legs lock up i can't bend my knees and that is a problem that is terrifying <laughs> it's terrifying it has happened before um many like 15 20 years ago and I was so afraid of it happening again, but then it didn't happen. And I was like, whoa, this is a totally different experience. I'm like, ah, oh, I know what's different. I'm actually like planting my whole foot down. Wow. And it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful, in many ways, like initiation without intending for it to be. Um, I had a friend um, um, leading. She was leading. And then one of her climbing buddies was behind me. And I literally felt held by the masculine and the feminine, both in front and behind me. As I took step on this like powerful eclipse portal, climbing up this vertical mountain. <laughs> that is insane. And I, I was just like, so okay, this is, this is the thing that I'm learning how to walk again. I have up until this point, I've learned how to walk again, like physically walk again. But also wow. this is a opening portal to mm-hmm. walking this earth as as who I am and who, you know, what I'm here to to learn, to grow through, to confront yeah. and to share. So beautiful. That is so beautiful. So oh, thank you for, so- for bringing that up. And it's such a beautiful, like empowering <sighs> close, I think, to our conversation today. I'm sure this is one of very many conversations so- that we will have. Yeah. Um, any last words so you would like mm-hmm. to share? I mean, no, I feel like that was honestly the perfect closure. I'm like, thank you, spirit guides. I feel like that's why. <laughs> yes. I prompted the with the moon boot and we talked about food yes. blinding <laughs> and here we are. No, it's perfect. I think it's perfect. Oh, thank you so much, Ruby. Thank you so so much for your courage, your vulnerability. And I really honor honor your path um, as a woman, as a mother, as a human being. Um, Thank you. In doing what you do and walking the path that you continue to walk, not only for your family and your clients, but for future generations. Um, and whoever's ears this touches, you know, I hope this was this supported you in 
in more ways than one. I'm sure it, it definitely touched me in so many different ways. So if, um, you know, we love if you would share with us how this conversation touches you, um, what it shifted for you. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to either or both of us. I'll leave all of Ruby's um, details, social media handles, websites, all the all of the above, all the normal things in the show notes. Um, yeah, and thank you. Thank you to our ancestors who are definitely here with us. And thank you for the courage that they have gifted us. Yes, they gifted us many challenges and lessons, but also the courage to walk the way that we do at yes. this present moment in time, which is such a pivotal moment in yes. in the history of of the world. Yeah, it really is the history of the world, the history of humanity and the history of the world for sure. Yeah. Um absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful message that like, you know, we talk so much about ancestral healing and ancestral trauma, but like let's not forget also just this the many, 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 many gifts, blessings, like strength, courage, power that they've also passed down. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone, both in the ethos and in the physical and those who will come after us. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. This is lovely. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope it inspired and touched you in some way and provided an opening to a new perspective. To support the show, share it with your community on social media, leave a review and rate it five stars on iTunes or wherever you are tuning it from. Until next time, take care and be well.